Welcome to the Living the Dream Podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. Welcome to the Living the Dream with Curveball Podcast, a show where I interview guests that teach, motivate, and inspire. Today, I am joined by Roy Samuelson. Roy is an audio description narrator. For those of you who might not know what that is, just imagine a sports announcer telling you everything that's going on and announcing the game to you where you can hear it and you don't necessarily have to see it, especially on radio. Well, that's what Roy does, but he does it for TV or movies or any, anything like that so that the blind can watch movies along with their sighted counterparts and still know what's going on because, you know, sometimes you might be watching a movie and it might go silent. Well, that's where Roy can fill in the gaps so you can enjoy the movies just like your peers. So, Roy, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here, Curveball Curtis. Thanks so much for having me. Well, why don't you start off by kind of giving people a little bit of background about yourself? Sure. I'm a sighted white guy that's uh, been involved in voiceover for uh, quite a few decades now. Uh, and I've been working in audio description for, um, yeah, I'd say maybe about 10 years or so. And with it, I found a lot of surprisingly uh, exciting angles to explore as far as both including our audiences in the conversation, as well as uh, professional disabled talents on all aspects. Well, kind of explain in your words, I know I explained it, but explain to people what audio description narrator is and tell, tell us how you got started in that field. Oh, sure. That's a, that's a great question. I think he did a really great job of explaining it, that that uh, sports announcer, given the play-by-play -play of what's happening on the field for like a, a podcast or a radio show, it's similar to movies. And when things are happening visually, sighted people know what's going on. And audio description is a way for blind people or low vision people to be able to understand what's going on too. So it's, uh, it's kind of given that parody of experience. In other words, uh, that similar sort of immersive experience of, uh, of a movie or a TV show, specifically for me. You know, audio description can be even beyond that for educational purposes or for live theater. For my purposes, I like to focus on TV and movies. Well, what made you want to get started in this? Were you doing other kind of voiceover work or do you have somebody blind in your family? How did you get started? Oh, great question. So the uh, the work opportunity came along the the voiceover side. In other words, a lot of the work that I do is whether it's uh, uh, voicing a commercial or a video game or a announcer on uh, something you might hear outside of audio description. When I had the opportunity to do audio description, it really combined a lot of elements of audio of uh, voiceover into audio description. So like my opportunity to audition for this work, I was so excited the night of the audition, like after I had done it, that I didn't get any sleep. And it was because I was so excited about the opportunity to, to explore this. And I've, I've been pretty lucky with the opportunities that have come my way to, to be able to voice audio description. But along the way, I started connecting with audiences and asking what worked for them. And it started changing my performance and it started changing my reads and it made it better. So uh, I'm constantly learning from our audiences and what they want and what they need and deserve. 
as well as having some own, some of my own personal experiences with some people that had gone blind, it became a way for me to absolutely connect with them where there weren't these stumbling blocks where we could say, oh my gosh, wasn't that funny when this scene happened and so-and-so did that? And I'm like, oh my God, did you see that part when I'm like, oh my God, that, that part was just so cool. That there wasn't this gap. We were able to have a conversation without saying, oh, you missed that part. So what happened there was, and then all of a sudden you're explaining a joke and it's like the story gets buried and it's like that flow that happens stopped. And so audio description removed that. And that was my own personal experience with, uh, with a personal friend. But beyond that, um, I've also connected and uh, partnered with a lot of blind and low vision people to, to make sure that this work is being valued in the, in the way that I think it's uh, deserving. So when you do audio description, are you actually watching the movie or is that like a, a script of, of something that you read that's actually describing or are you watching the movie and just kind of describing what's going on off the cuff? Oh, that's a great question. I'm a, I'm just the voice guy. So I am given a script and a really great question, Curtis, that audio description is a little different than other kinds of access. I'm going to compare that, uh, Closed captioning provides um, words on screen for people who can't hear. And with audio description, it's actually not the same sort of thing. It's not a transcription. It's a whole new kind of adaptation of the visuals. So the team that I work with is pretty multi-layered. There's the, excuse me, there's the writer who uses the visuals from a movie or a TV show and, and writes a script. And in that script, it's the words that I say, and it's also the timing of when I jump in and when I'm jumping out. There could be lines of dialogue that give me cues. There could be music cues or audio cues that allow me to know when to jump in and also when to, when to leave. As far as the actual experience of recording it, I'm given the script, and in most cases, I'm given access to the, to the film, whether that's the audio and visual film or TV show, or if it's just the, um, the audio. And uh, I'm usually directed or I have an engineer who's uh, joining the director to make sure that everything is coming in at the right time in the right place. And the intention that I'm bringing to the work is, uh, is matching with what is happening visually. So beyond that, there's also a quality control person. And then there's someone else who is similar to an engineer who makes sure it's placed correctly and somebody else is doing the mix. And I like to explain the mix to be if you ever have to fiddle with your volume up and down to try to make it sound just right, the mix is the person who prevents that from having to keep on fiddling with that volume. That's the mix. So that's a team of like seven or eight people that are creating the audio description track. And I'm just doing that one aspect of it, which is reading the script into a mic. So basically anybody, even a blind person could, I would think, do audio description if you're just reading the script it's just knowing where because technically you could use an, some audio editor and drop it in is am i correct on that oh on 20 different counts you're correct curtis i think one of the cool things about audio description is that it was created for blind people by blind people that a lot of sighted people like myself are going into this work and it's important to make sure that blind professionals are included and there are blind professionals that are included in many aspects of this. In addition to professional voice talents who are blind or low vision, there's also quality control check 
people to have an understanding, not just from experience as an audience member, but also that critique of making sure that the characters are consistently named or that there's a, there's a flow to the story. Uh, there's the, the engineer. Uh, I know several blind engineers. My own podcast has a, a blind engineer that I pay to make sure that the, all the mistakes that I make when I'm interviewing someone is, is edited out. It's, um, there are many aspects of, of uh, professional talents who have disabilities that can be included in this. And I think especially with audio description that those voice talents who know what they're doing uh, there's there's really no excuse, especially with the uh, the changes that are happening technologically as well as culturally when it comes to including performers with disabilities. So it's a really exciting time. Well, the reason why I asked that question, because I am an editor, radio DJ, and get trying to get into voiceover as well. Oh, that's a, it's a multiple uh, aspect there, Curtis. You've got like two checkboxes right there. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Speaking of your podcast, let us know about your podcast and how we can listen. Oh, sure. Uh, so I, it's on theadna.org. That's the Audio Description Network Alliance, T-H-E-A-D-N-A.org. And on the podcast section, I've got uh, interviews with over 100 professional audio description talents, whether it's the, the voice talents, both blind and sighted, or engineers, quality control people the uh, directors and writers and writers really make up the the bulk of the audio description work as you can imagine so it's uh it's a resource that people can use to learn more about audio description and some of the nuances that each person brings to it through different approaches there's uh it's really exciting when we can have that nuanced conversation where one person might say something differently than someone else and it really emphasizes that there is no one size fits all when it comes to audio description. There's a lot of different uh, subjective approaches, just like some people might have their favorite kind of movie that they like. Some people also have their own way of approaching audio description. It's been a real enjoyment to, uh, to explore that as well as amplify these professionals that bring such care and quality to the work that they do in audio description. What kind of places can people expect or what kind of things or movies or TV shows, or what kind of places can people expect to find audio description? Oh, great question, Curtis. So when it comes to accessing audio description, there are so many different ways. Let's start with movies at the theater. Assuming that theaters are opening up, there's uh, special devices that are at the movie theater that's uh, similar to uh, enhancing the audio, in other words, turning up the volume, there's a special audio track that you can put on a headset and turn on the audio description. There's also a service that's called Spectrum Access. And whether you have an iPhone or an Android device, you can download the audio description ahead of time, go into the theater and turn on the device, the, the app, use your own headphones, and it'll sync up and it'll time it out so that you'll be listening to the audio description in your ears on your own device and the film's going on in front of you. Uh, there's also TV shows that have audio description too. There's also spectrum access for those TV shows as well as the SAP channel if you're watching on broadcast television. So if you've got uh, antenna ears or um, uh, I guess cable channels, there's a way to turn on the SAP channel. It's a secondary audio program channel. Uh, that can get kind of clunky. I know that there's uh, Xfinity. If you have Xfinity, you can just hold down the microphone and say, turn on audio description and it'll do it. But my favorite is the streaming services. So whether it's 
Apple TV Plus or Hulu or the popular Netflix or Amazon and um, Disney Plus, as, me- as well as uh, some others that I'm that I'm just neglecting to say off the top of my head. But each of those, once you start playing a, a TV show or a film, you can touch the screen or swipe down depending on the device you're watching, and you can turn on the audio description that way. And it's uh, I really am excited about the opportunities with streaming in that you can turn on audio description and it just remembers it. It's just a default setting. You can turn it off if you want. And uh, being able to listen to audio description can be great for not only blind and low vision friends, but also friends and family watching at the same time. I know a lot of sighted people have been using it for cooking or when they're rummaging around the house or if they're going on a long drive. There's a lot of ways for audio description to be used for, uh, for sighted people. Well, how would a person know if their movie theater, let's say somebody said, I want to go watch the new Space Jam. What's the ways that people can find out whether or not their movie theater offers audio description and how to access it and what ways they might offer it? Oh, that's a great, <laughs> you're doing all these great questions, Curtis. This is so much fun. So uh, the, um, the movie theaters usually have a logo called AD. The irony isn't lost on me that blind people have to look for a logo that's visual. That's kind of a, a, a problem there. But um, in the listings that have the theater, it usually does include AD as uh, one of the accessibility. And most movie theaters are pretty good about that. I find that when you go to the movie theater uh, to talk to a manager and say, I want the audio description and make sure it's the audio description. Unfortunately, there's a lot of people that mistakenly think that it's just the sound enhancing headset, which you turn it on and it's not going to give audio description. It's just going to make everything super loud. So um, it's making sure that the audio description track and as more organizations like movie theaters are aware of audio description and become knowing about it, they're getting a better understanding of, oh, yeah, that's the audio description track. And also the spectrum access. I, I, you know, I feel like I'm a evangelist for, for spectrum access. I'm, I, you know, there's no uh, other thing except that I just love it. But going to spectrum access and for that movie theater, uh, you know, seeing if Space Jam is there or whatever other movies there and being able to download it prior to the screening and then go to the movie theater, just tap the button and it just automatically syncs and it turns on right in your headset. And that's my favorite way. Let's say somebody lives in a place that their favorite movie theater does not support audio description. How could you go about trying to educate them and get them to incorporate audio description? Great. I, I think there's uh, it's it's obviously having a conversation. I find that when people don't know that there is a real fear of, oh, I'm going to do it wrong when actually it's just providing access and it's gonna help them out for the opportunity of getting even more people to come to their theater, especially now that things are starting to open up again, that theaters are looking to get more access and more opportunities to bring in people to the seats and pay for seeing the screening. So they're probably gonna be a lot more motivated now than they might've been a few years back. And so it's having that conversation and saying audio description is so blind people can watch movies and. What it is, is it requires a certain uh, headset or you can use uh, the app like Spectrum Access and to really market to them and say, make sure that your films include audio description. Most of the films that come out do have audio description. And once the, the system is in place for the movie theater to be able to 
get the track included, it becomes almost a, a normal part of their process. It, it, that first time, it's a little confusing and new, and it might take a little bit of time to figure out how to do it. But once it's up and running, it's great. There was an interview with Everett Bacon who talked about bringing audio description to a Utah film festival. And how he did it was going straight to the top. So if there's a problem with a local theater and they don't provide audio description, it's worth asking to speak to the, the person who's in charge and make sure that they understand the value that is going to be brought with audio description. The, that kind of conversation isn't about shaming them into doing something that they have to do. It's more about providing them the opportunity and the education. I love to bring people to the audio description projects at the American Council for the Blind, uh, of the Blind. I'm, I'm so sorry, American Council of the Blind. And uh, ACB provides a website with all kinds of resources for how to access, access audio description. Well, let's talk about that project and, and tell us what people can expect if they go to that site and give that site out for, we might have somebody listening that's in charge of audio description somewhere. Sure. It's, uh, it's the, if you go to Google and audio description project, the actual website is now adp.acb.org. So they've made it a little bit easier. So it's audio description project, American council for, of, <laughs> excuse me, of the blind. I've been talking to my friend at AFB recently. So, uh, I get the, I'm getting that a little confused there. Excuse the word word choice. So ADP acb.org and the resources there are so incredible it's uh uh the website is um pretty thick there's uh pages for all the different streaming services there's pages for films there's uh the titles that have audio description there's interviews there's all sorts of other opportunities to learn about audio description how to turn it on and ways to contact companies it's a really great resource they've done a really good job at the audio description project so tell us how, if somebody wanted to get involved in audio description, what steps should they take to be able to have a chance to work in that field? Oh, that's great. I think that in any new, if someone's approaching a new field, I think this works for pretty much anything, not just audio description. If there's a, a way to learn about it, to learn about what people who are doing it are doing. So sighted or blind, if someone wants to listen to some of the podcast episodes, I think that that's a really great place to start. There's a Facebook group that I founded with uh, uh, my friend Kevin called um, Audio Description Discussion. And if you Google it, it's Audio Description Discussion group on Facebook. It's uh, uh, anybody can access it. There's no restrictions. Uh, we've grown to about 1,400 members, and there's a lot of really great lively conversations that are happening, both for identifying uh, race and gender, as well as uh, what's necessary for audio description. So they really get into the nuance of what audio description excellence and quality means. I think there's some other opportunities, too, with other podcasts. There's one called Talk Description to Me, and it's uh, based out of Canada, and they do audio description for current events. So learning about the the different things that are happening uh, that's that's visually based, and to to understand what's really happening, I, I find that podcast great. There's Picture This uh, with uh, Carl Richardson and um, and Brian Charlson. 
there's a bunch of different podcasts called Picture This, but the one with Brian and Carl is the one to go to. And those are um, some really great interviews. Thomas Reed of Read My Mind Radio, he's doing an immersive, he, his podcast is just great, hands down. But he's doing a flipping the script on audio description series where he makes sure that not only blind people, but also uh, different uh, people of color, as well as uh, other underrepresented groups are included in the conversation. It's a really spectacular uh, podcast. I know I'm forgetting some other podcasts here, so those are going to hit me soon. But um, those are some great places to start. The audio description discussion group uh, has all sorts of players. It's a great place to meet some people. And then back to the audio description project uh, from ACB, the, there's all sorts of resources there to learn more. Well, you gave out your Facebook group. Go ahead and throw out some more contact information, social media links, any websites that you might have where people can connect with you if they have questions. Oh, thanks, Curtis. Uh, so on Twitter, I'm at Roy Samuelson. That's R-O-Y-S-A-M-U-E-L-S-O-N at Roy Samuelson. And there's also at ADNA The, that's Audio Description Network Alliance, A-D-N-A-T-H-E. And then if you do the search for hashtags audio description, that always brings up some really great opportunities. Uh, and to follow me, you can go to um, the Facebook uh, group. I think it's a group. It might be a page. It's a page, my mistake. Roy Samuelson Biz, B-I-Z. And uh, my website, RoySamuelson.com, has uh, some other information there. But where I'm really focusing my energy is to make sure that in this work of audio description, not only is that it's bringing the best, I love opening doors to audiences and talents in the entertainment industry as a whole and connecting and inspiring both allies and professionals in the various sectors of this. It's so exciting for me. Well, you got any final thoughts before we close it out? This has been great, Curtis. I'm so glad to to meet you over the over this uh, podcast. And uh, I think one of the things that excites me most about audio description is how many people are starting to learn about it and engage with it in ways that uh, are relatively new. And it's been it's been great to uh, continue that conversation. Well, I appreciate you shedding light and education on audio description. I use audio description myself, and I want to take this time to thank people like you who take time out to do it for us. Oh, thanks for saying that, Curtis. I'll be sure to pass that along to all the other professionals to make sure it's, uh, it's of the best quality that it can be. And I also want to take the time out to let the listeners know to follow rate, review, and share after listening. And if you're an Android user, go to the Google Play Store and download the Living the Dream with Curveball podcast app. Roy Samuelson, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks again, Curtis. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream. dream.